The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as Jesus and his disciples left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The disciples came to Jesus out in that deserted place. Jesus, everyone is searching for you. What are you doing out here? You ought to be in Capernaum. Remember yesterday, the crowds of people, all of those people with all their needs, the sick needing to be healed, and you healed them, those possessed by demons, and you cast those demons out. Jesus, there are still needs, and the people, they're searching for you everywhere. What are you doing out here? Jesus could have stayed in Capernaum. He could have put down roots and word would have spread, surely, throughout Galilee. He could have made it so the people had to come to him, and many likely would have. It certainly would have put Capernaum on the map, at least for a while. In many ways, it would have been a much easier job than the job of an itinerant preacher. Jesus and the disciples could have settled into a routine. They could have set up office hours and days off. There would have been an easy place to get food with the lake right there. In fact, the inhabitants of Capernaum could have made a cottage industry of hospitality, built new inns and welcomed people in and set up places for people to stay while they waited to see Jesus. But Jesus wouldn't have any of that. Jesus did not come to Capernaum. Jesus did not come to Galilee. Jesus did not come to this world to put down roots. He came to go. Jesus wanted to be on the move. He came to proclaim the gospel to people who had not yet heard it. 
even so, had to be tempting. How did Jesus make the decision to leave Capernaum? In the gospel we just heard, it tells us that Jesus, in the morning, while it was still dark, got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. He retreated. He went to a place apart, a solitary place. He took a step back from the crowds and the busyness and all of those things that were calling out to him, his responsibilities. He got away from it all and he prayed. I wonder, I wonder if out there in that deserted place, as he lifted his eyes up to that still dark sky, if he looked at all of those stars and remembered God's promise to Abraham, Jesus' ancestor. God had promised him, look toward heaven, count the stars. If you are able to count them, so shall your descendants be. Seeing all of those stars, did Jesus remember the words of the prophet Isaiah, which we just heard this morning? How the Lord brings out the host and numbers them, calls them each by name. Words echoed by the psalmist, the Lord counts the number of the stars and calls them all by their names. Perhaps Jesus, in that early morning while it was still dark, looked up at those stars and considered how every single one of them represented a descendant of Abraham. Each person created by God and called by name. Perhaps he thought of those far beyond walking distance of Capernaum, who had not yet heard the gospel, the good news. Perhaps he considered those who were still unhealed and still, as of yet, were possessed by demons. No, Jesus would not wait for them to come to him. He would go to them. Jesus came to seek out and to save the lost. Jesus took that path, and that path would lead him to Jerusalem. That path would lead him to the cross. And it was for this that he came. He came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. By his death, Jesus would save the people of Capernaum, of Galilee, of all of Israel, of the world. Jesus came to seek out and to save you. He died on the cross for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. He came to proclaim this good news to you that you might hear it and believe and be saved. 
He sealed this promise for you with water and his word in holy baptism. He gives it to you with his very own body and blood in the Lord's Supper. Child of God, you will never be lost to him. The next time that you're out at night and it's a clear night sky, look up at those stars and remember that one of those stars represents you. And while we may look at them and find them innumerable, God knows their number and he calls each one by name. And so it is that while you may reside on a planet that now has over 7 billion people, most of whom you'll never ever even see, let alone know by name, God sees us all. God sees you, and he calls you and every one of them by name. They are his precious creation. Know, when you look up at those stars, that God knows the names of all of them and of all of us. And he will not lose us, even if we have lost sight of him. Jesus comes to us, in that same personal way that he came to Simon Peter's mother-in-law. I have to consider that the very moment that she was healed, she got up and began to serve. I mean, just moments before, she was bedridden with a fever. And the next moment, she is up fixing a meal for Jesus and his disciples. Her purpose, her joy was to serve. And now that she was healed, she could get busy serving. The same is true for the church today. Jesus comes to us, and whatever our sickness, whether it be that sickness we all suffer from, sin, or more recently, we know this common sickness of COVID. Maybe it's cancer. Whatever it is, whatever has you down, Jesus comes to you, comes to all of us. Even as he did to Simon Peter's mother-in-law, he takes us by the hand and he raises us up. He says, your sins are forgiven. He brings healing and wholeness with his very presence in our midst. And just as Simon Peter's mother-in-law got up and immediately began to serve, so it is that in our thanksgiving, in our gratitude that overflows from our hearts, we are moved to serve. In healing us, the Holy Spirit then moves us to service in Jesus' name. Maybe we don't think about this in this way. We, I think, tend to think of the church as stationary. We say things like, I can't wait till we're able to get back to church, as if the church was this building. 
And there is some truth in that. I know what we mean when we say it, and, and I can't wait till we are able to gather again as the church. But I half wonder if we have forgotten that the church, the church is called by God not so much as to sit and be as it is to go and be. He has called us to be the church on the go. So yes, let's long for that day when we will again fill the sanctuary. Until that time, and even after that time, let us be the church beyond these walls, wherever we find ourselves, to the ends of the earth. We sing the hymn, built on the rock, the church shall stand. And it's true, the church is built on the rock foundation that is Jesus Christ and his gospel. But let's remember that that rock is a rolling. It is on the move. Jesus said to Simon Peter upon his confession that Jesus is the Christ, he said, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. So that even today, even while we're not able to gather together, Jesus is with his church, and this church is on the move. We are feeding those who are hungry. We are healing those who are sick. We are casting out evil with the proclamation of Jesus' presence, of his good news of healing and hope for this weary world. The gospel is meant to be on the move, not to stay shut in the walls of our sanctuary or of your living room, of your home, or of God's house, We are God's house. And this message is meant to go wherever we go. So I ask you, where are the neighboring towns to where God is calling you to go? Who are the people with whom God is calling you to share this message of the gospel? How is God opening opportunities in your life, wherever you find yourself, to share this good news with others? I invite you to consider questions like these. If you need to, withdraw from the craziness of the crowds, from all of those things that are calling out for you to give your attention to them. Take a step back. Follow Jesus' example. Find a solitary place and pray. And ask God where he is calling you to serve. How he is asking you to use the gifts he's given to you. Who are the people in your life to whom God is calling you to share this good news? Jesus calls the church to follow him as he leads. He goes 
from town to town, house to house, person to person. And wherever he goes, he invites us to share the same method of the gospel, person to person, touching life after life. As we go, we will find what Jesus found, a world full of hurting, sick, oppressed people. And we will find that Jesus is with us to give his healing, his hope, his life. Even as the psalmist said, healing the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds, lifting up the lowly. So it is that God is on the move as he invites us to be on the move and to share with open hands and with mouths filled with praise the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.